everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Have you ever played Jenga? Today we're going to talk about the difference between Jenga and hide and seek. while ago, I posted something on my writer Facebook page that then turned into a blog post and then eventually turned into one of the chapters of my book. So I just want to read you guys what this says. What if God isn't who we think he is? What if God cares more about our heart than our outward actions? What if he wants to heal our deepest wounds and messes more than he wants our behaviors to change? What if he wants us to understand ourselves? our deep needs and longings and the things that trigger us? What if he cares about every bit of us, the visible and invisible parts? What if instead of expecting us to get our acts cleaned up, Jesus wants to sit with us in our mess, sift through it and sort it out? What if he is totally okay with that? What if that brings him joy? Would that give you hope? Guys, God is not who we think he is. And most of the time, our view of him is so, so small. And it's so easy for us to be consumed with behaviors. And we've been talking about this, our religious behaviors. And the other day, I was thinking, how could I put this in a way that we can understand better? And I suddenly remembered the game Jenga. Do you guys remember that game? You pile up all those little rectangular wooden blocks. And then you try to poke them out one by one and make the tower taller. And then whoever knocks it over loses. I was always pretty good at the poking part. Not so great at the stacking. But anyway, it's this performance game. And you just try really hard not to jiggle the table. And you're trying to pull out those blocks and stack them up. And it just takes very a lot of concentration and a lot of effort. And I was like, you know what? I think we think we're playing Jenga with God. And we're like, look, look at me stack my Jenga blocks. I'm so good at this. I'm so good at this. I'm stacking my Jenga blocks. I got it. I got it. My tower is taller. Look at me. Look at me. But God's not paying any attention to our Jenga blocks. God doesn't care about our Jenga blocks. God isn't even playing Jenga with us. God is playing hide and seek. And God is playing hide and seek kind of in the way that you play with a toddler. When I was in college, I lived with my aunt and uncle for a few years and I was their nanny and they had two little boys. And I remember almost every night when the boys were, yeah, you know, two, three, four, maybe, we would play this game of hide and seek. But if I wanted to hide, I had to like push them into the laundry room and like run as fast as I could because they would come out. And they thought it was so funny and it was so great. But I literally would just be like, okay, go in there, go in there, stay there for a second. And then I would like run like a crazy person to the house and try to find some place to hide. And they would come out and they would wander around and they get distracted. And so you had to start calling them. Hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. And then they'd be like, oh yeah, we're playing. We're playing hide and seek. And they would come and look for me. But it wasn't like I was hiding really hard. It wasn't like playing hide and seek with a high schooler or something like that, you know? Like you're like behind the door or under the table. You're in this obvious place. And that's the kind of hide and seek that God is playing with us. God is not playing hide and seek like really hard to get. God is playing hide and seek, like, hey, over here, come find me. And guys, so often, here we are focused on our Jenga blocks. Got to get my behaviors together. Got to do this right. 
got to get this together, got to do this right. Or we're just completely discouraged by the fact that we can't stack our Jenga blocks and we're just a mess. Oh my gosh, I'm such a disaster. I'm so messed up. I'm never going to get this figured out. And we're all about these Jenga blocks, our behaviors. In the meantime, God is like, hey, not playing Jenga. I'm over here. Come find me. Playing hide and seek. Like, I'm over here. What if that was true? What if God could care less about your good or your bad behaviors? He just wanted your heart. What do you think about that? Does it sound like heresy? But I think it's true. Look at how Jesus acted when he came to earth. He was constantly hanging out with the bad people. The people, the religious ones, the good people thought were bad. But he loved them. He hung out with them. He sought after them. He was like, you, I want you. You're the reason I'm here. And he spoke truth to them. And he spoke love to them. He showed them how to let go of their sin and live in freedom. I think that's who God is. No, I don't even just think. I know. I know that's who God is because that's who he's been to me. And I just want to encourage you guys. Don't give up. Like, seek after him. He wants to be found. I want to read you guys some of my favorite verses. These verses are all through the Bible. Like, this is a theme in the Bible. From the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God was playing hide and seek. They sinned. They realized they were naked. Their eyes were open. They hid. And God said, where are you? And he came and found them. From the very beginning, God wanted to be found. God found people and he wanted people to find him. That is a huge theme all throughout scripture. So I want to just read you guys some of my favorite verses. I want to give you hope because I don't know where you are right now. I don't know if you're stuck in religion and you're just trying so hard to get it together. Or I don't know if you're stuck in just discouragement and feeling like there's no way God would want me because look at what a mess I am. Neither side is true. God wants you. He loves you. He died for you because he wants that relationship with you. You were made to know God on an intimate and deep level. So just listen to these amazing verses. The first one is familiar. It's from Jeremiah 29. Now Jeremiah 29 gets kind of taken out of context a lot. So I want to throw that back into context before I read it to you. Jeremiah is talking to the people of Israel and he's telling them they're going to go into captivity, that they're going to be captured and they are going to be in captivity for a long, long time. And that in that place of captivity, they need to just be content. They need to grow fields and vineyards and make houses and just live in that place of captivity because that is where God wants them. So in the middle of that chapter, this jumps in. Jeremiah 29 11 is familiar, talking about the plans that he has for them. But then 29 12 through 14 says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And that's Jeremiah 29 12 through 14. I love that. In that place of captivity, because they had consequences for their sins, God is still saying, hey, you're going to seek me. Even in this place, even in these consequences, you're going to seek me and you're going to find me because I want to be found. Acts 17. This is one of my favorite, favorite passages. Paul is talking to people in the town of Athens. And there are so many idols and so many false gods in this town. They loved all the different gods. 
and they wanted to make sure they did not miss any of them. And so as a result, they actually had this um, altar to this unknown God, just in case they missed one. They were going to um, put this altar up to this God they didn't know. And Paul talks to them and he says, I I'm going to tell you about this God that you don't know. I'm going to tell you about this unknown God. And he talks to them about God. But he has this part where he's talking about people and about God. And he says that they should seek God in the hope they might feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is not actually far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And another version says that they might grope their way towards him. And it's the idea of being blindfolded or just blind. And you're just feeling around in the dark, hoping to stumble into something. But he's saying, even if that's all you can do, even if your eyes are completely closed and you're just like putting your hands out and like waving them around in the dark, you're going to find him because he's not far from each one of us. I love that. God is not playing hard to get. God is close. He is so close. And if we'll just put our hands out and say, where are you? Where are you? We'll find him. That's a promise. And then Jesus in Matthew 7 says to them, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. God has promised over and over and over again that we can find him if we seek for him. And guys, I have known so many stories of people who are just tired of, of, of God or of Christianity, or they'd never heard of it before. And they're like, whatever, we're going to check out this Bible. And, and they find God. My husband's uncle um, grew up in a Christian home and he was just tired of it. He just walked away from God. He walked away from the church and he spent most of his life just really doing his own thing. And then one day he had to make this cross country drive. And it was back before they had like CD players and stuff like that. And he had to make a cross country drive all the way out to California. And he, his radio broke in his car. He's like, oh my gosh, I guess I'll just go and get something to listen to. And he somehow stumbled across the Bible on tape. So he's like, you know what? I've always wanted to disprove this. I'm going to I'm going to put the Bible in and I'm going to just really understand what it says so I can say, yeah, it's wrong. So he sticks the Bible in his cassette tape player in his car and he starts driving across the country. And literally by the time he gets halfway, he is so captivated by what he's hearing that he has to stop and buy a tape player so he can take it into his hotel room at night with him and keep listening. And by the time he got to California, he trusted Jesus as a savior because he saw the Bible and its whole self pointing to this savior. He saw the God who just loved his creation and loved them enough to become their sacrifice and, and get them, do whatever it took to get them. And he was just blown away by it. And the only response he could have was just to fall on his face and trust Jesus. When I was um, first married, I was working at a school out in Wyoming and it was a residential treatment facility for psychiatric kids. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Good stories. And uh, one of the boys that was there was a Satanist. And him and I had some really interesting conversations and trying just to talk about God and the Bible. And I bought him this book that was like 101 reasons or something like that to believe, which he then left in his room when he left the place. He didn't care, but his roommate picked it up and this kid picked it up and he was reading it. And so we had these conversations about, about God. And he's like, yeah, I don't have a Bible. And I was like, I can get you a Bible. So I got him one and we didn't talk again for a couple of weeks. And then one day 
we were um, in class, we were talking about the saddest book we'd ever read. And he was like, oh, Luke, Luke is the saddest book I've ever read. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. But then I read it again and I realized it wasn't sad after all. And so I was like, well, have you read John yet? And he goes, no. And he picked up, so he goes and reads John. And the next thing I know, he's coming back to me. And he's like, Jesus is my savior. And no one ever even talked to this kid. No one led him through a prayer of salvation. It was the gospel. It was the Bible. It was God seeking after people. That's who God is, guys. He wants us and he seeks after us and he constantly pursues us. He doesn't force anything. He's never going to make you do anything, but he's there if you want him. He will pursue you and he will be found by you when you look. I love that about him. I love that. And I hope that you can believe that. And if you can't, I hope that you'll keep trying. Keep listening. Keep trying. This wraps up my little series on the theological things that I think are super important and can be really twisted between the way I grew up and um, just the church in general out there. So after this, we'll be moving on to something new. And I'm excited about that too. Thanks for listening, guys, and keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.